Hello, folks, and welcome to episode 32 of the Video Game Mythos Podcast. My name is Ryan, here to bring you another exciting episode as I am going to pick up the cup and join on the crusade of Michael's StarCraft series. Yeah, that's right. We're going to form a team and we're going to cover the StarCraft universe in a series of episodes that I'm going to partake in. Today, I'm going to take a step back and look at some of the early beginnings of the StarCraft universe and some of the seeds that were laid by an ancient race of beings known as the Zelnaga. I would like to welcome you to episode 32 of Video Game Mythos. You must construct additional pylons. Imagine the universe. It is filled with things. But before the universe was filled with things, it was nothing. And even before it was nothing, there was still something called the void. The void is the manifestation of space. Within the void, there is atmosphere. There is life. And the life that originated in this void is known as the Zelnaga, the originators, the gods of the StarCraft universe. The Zelnaga I could cover in great detail in a separate episode, but today I'm going to cover one of the Zelnaga's offspring, the Protoss. To give you some descriptive factors to how the Protoss came to be, though, it is important to cover some basic, fundamental topics about the Zelnaga. And although the Zelnaga were not immortal, they were definitely extremely powerful. They created the Protoss, the Zerg, and a number of other alien species. Although the Zelnaga did want life forms to evolve on their own, they played a hand in getting them started. After the Zelnaga created many different alien species, they left it up to those species to emerge into a period of enlightenment. Once reaching that period of enlightenment, the Zelnaga would transfer their essence into them. There were certain parameters that the Zelnaga looked for in species that would be a part of the Zelnaga. To the Zerg, the Zelnaga gave the purity of essence, but to the Protoss, they were given the purity of form because of their amazing psionic abilities. But the Zelnaga are a race of beings. They are a group of individuals. They do not act as one. And because of this, one of the Zelnaga, known as Amon, sped up the evolutionary process of the Protoss. This quick acceleration quickly divided the Protoss into three separate factions. One, that formed a religion around what was known as the Kala. Another, that rejected the religion. And the third, that became more barbaric and more primal about the world. Because of this accelerated evolution caused by the Zelnaga known as Amon, the Protoss would eventually go to war against themselves. This took place during part of the campaign known as the Ion of Strife. The Kala also referred to as the Path of Ascension, was a main religion 
among the Kalai Protoss race. This religion wasn't just a religion. Actually, even calling it a religion, I believe, is an injustice to what it truly was. The Kala was based on a physical ability, a psionic philosophy that maintained a communal and social link between anybody that adhered to this philosophy. After a millennia of subtle manipulation, Amon and the Zelnaga who followed him finally revealed themselves to the Protoss and interacted with the species directly. After all of this time, after all of the opportunity for evolution to take its course, it was then that Amon and his followers discovered how much the Protoss had matured. They now had a tribal social structure and the rise of individualism was adversely affecting the psionic link. Eventually, the psionic link was broken. The Protoss could still telepathically communicate and read each other's thoughts, but the empathetic bond was lost. This caused Amon and his followers to believe that the Protoss experiment was a failure. Many Protoss both revered and hated the Zelnaga, and the hatred fueled the Aeon of Strife. The Aeon of Strife was a moment in Protoss history when they were at odds with themselves. After the Zelnaga had abandoned them and the link of the Kala had been sacrificed at the cost of their betrayal, they didn't have the bond that they once did. One Protoss stepped up to the plate and found a small crystal left behind by the Zelnaga. Once they touched the crystals, they rediscovered their psionic link. And with the knowledge gained from researching other Zelnaga relics, they learned how to rekindle their empathetic bond and begin using the Kala again. Some Protoss believed that the Kala would allow the Protoss to embrace the positive emotions all Protoss shared in an effort to negate their self-destructive hatred. This new way of thought allowed the Protoss to see that they did not need the Zelnaga anymore, and thus concluded the Ion of Strife and brought the Protoss into the Second Age. Once the Protoss became an active interstellar civilization again after the Strife, the Kala led them to adopt the Diol, the great stewardship over less advanced species that they discovered. Protoss who followed the Kala were often referred to as the Kalai. The depth of the Kala and the link varied according to the individual choice and the personal preference of each Protoss. Generally, it was difficult for them to be fully immersed in a state of unity at all times. Although they would immerse themselves deeply several times a day, it was a very nourishing and a very rich contact from which they could emerge refreshed and invigorated. The link provided by the Kala was not just mental, but emotional as well. And as a result, the Kalai found it difficult, although not impossible, to hate one another. The Protoss even found substances that were used like a drug to strengthen the Kala. Many of the Protoss even trained themselves in emotional restraint, especially in times of great stress, as without self-control, the Kala would grow unruly. 
In times of great strife or loss of life, all Protoss connected to the Kala would feel the weight of the tragedy, and all would psionically sound together as they embrace the feeling of the moment. The Protoss could also create a kind of mind meld deep within the Kala where none of them could lie. Protoss performing this kind of mind meld held up their hands and faced their palms to each other. Both palms, softly glowing, were resonating psionic electricity. This deep connection of the mind meld is what formed the basis of their tribunals, of their councils, and of their governments. Because they couldn't consciously mislead one another, it formed a pivotal baseline for how they were to grow, expand, and to set the standards and principles by which allowed them to become so successful. The Kala itself did have some range limitations, and fringe colonies that were very far out had to make use of Psylink spires in order to communicate over massive interplanetary distances. When a Protoss would die, part of their spirit would remain in the Kala, not as a complete or coherent entity, but their last thoughts were automatically gained by the Protoss in close proximity to the deceased. As more spirits entered the Kala, the stronger it became. According to tradition, after death, the Kala was an unending chorus of minds that had a strongly woven harmony and joy to it that lasted forever. Uh, sign me up. Although through these methods, the memories of other Protoss could be accessed. The discipline of the Kala was required to control abilities such as the psionic storm. The Kala granted the Protoss an enormous amount of psionic energy. Strength in the Kala was measured in levels, with fifth-level adapts of the Kala being considered extremely powerful. Protoss that are cut off from the Kala are quickly embraced by the Void. The Void, as discussed before as the home of the Zelnaga, is a dark and cold manifestation of space, and it is completely separate from the material universe. Within the Void is a special type of highly unpredictable energy. As some Protoss would disconnect themselves from the Kala, they could begin to understand the Void and this energy. Once this energy was understood, it began to provide them with psionic powers unheard of by their former brethren, and it granted them an enormously strong individual will. The power of the Void's energy and the benefit of the amazing psionic powers did not come at a low cost. If the Protoss did not have the will and discipline to make use of the Void, they could be completely consumed by it. Those of the Protoss who chose to walk this path did so with diligence and with reverence, for they knew full well the dangers of lurking in the shadows of the Void. And you think the Void sounds badass? What if they could use the Void and the Kala simultaneously? Power overwhelming. The ability to master both 
the power of the void, and the benefits of the Kala were mastered by only a very few. But this gave way to an astronomical technological breakthrough for the Protoss. The Protoss began creating technologies such as the Void Ray, which draws upon the power of the Void and the Kala in tandem, forming a self-sustaining reaction and thus making the core a virtually eternal power source. And so, with the power of the Kala comes the ability to communicate. Many Dark Templar have said that they fear losing themselves to the Kala, but it is not so, not in the way they think. They remain who they are, and in the end, every one of them must face their torment alone. Diggity dog right there. That leaves us for the third episode now in the StarCraft series. And we have still yet only scratched the surface. If you've liked what you've heard, or if you have an idea about the StarCraft universe or about any universe from any video game on the entire planet, send me an email and let me know what you think. Ryan at 13palmtrees.com. This content was proudly provided to you by 13 Palm Trees Podcast Productions. Check us out online at 13palmtrees.com. I'd like to give a shout out to some of our other podcasting products, such as D&D Kinda, Wasted Local Talent, and Gurus of Gaming. Once again, I'm going to give you a very heartfelt thank you, as I appreciate you listening to Video Game Mythos.